Hello. Hello. Industry. Industry. Hi everybody, welcome back to Industry Tactics. I'm your loyal host, Friendly Rich, and on the podcast today, episode number 144, we go down memory lane with the one-of-a-kind composer and musician and uh, an interesting artist. I gotta say, really, really fascinated by his output and, uh, and all that he does. This is my talk with the great John Camille Farrar. Thank you, Teleborg. Welcome back uh, to Industry Tactics. Friendly Rich here. It's a brand new year. We got a fresh variant, and we're here. Uh, I'm in. I'm at my home in Brampton, Ontario, and I'm joined by special guest, all the way from Berlin. Now, where in Berlin are you, John Camille Farrell? Welcome to the program. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm in uh, Neukölln. You're in um, Neukölln, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. which is the the uh, new kernel. Does that is that what it translates to? You speak German now. Eh? You've been there that long that you speak that silly language. Oh uh, yeah, I guess I do. I speak a kind of uh, like caveman German, or Great, like the it's, best in, kind. it's fun, very functional. Okay. I get by, and I have some friendships in German, okay. but I'm cool. not. I would say my. I always say. Uh, to my friends in German, I was like, we can either speak German or we can have fun. <laughs> Fuck, isn't that? So, <laughs> in other words, it's just going to be tiring for them yeah. to, to, but but I do, you know, yeah. But that's a major triumph. It's a major triumph for me because I grew up uh, just being monolingual. Okay. I mean, okay. just, you know, I, my French yeah. is pretty terrible. Okay. Trying to fix that later in life. Yeah. Already, this has already gone off the rails. I already didn't want to re- re- reveal my... Uh, my year one language, language. status. Well, yeah. And where did you grow up? You grew up in Brampton, if if I got it right. I did Bramalee. Oh, wow, Bramalee. Thank you for the specificity there. So, where? What section of Bramalee? D section. D section. So I grew up in the E section. So we were like f- so close. Uh, yeah. If you don't mind me asking, what year no, were no. you born in? Uh, Seventy three. Okay, I'm 77, so I, I wonder if we would have crossed paths, because I know you. we went to the same elementary school. Well, I could imagine... Well, did you go to Bramley Secondary? No, I went to St. Thomas Aquinas. And you oh, yeah, because of the Catholic thing. Catholic but it thing. could have been possible that you could have been walking to school as a younger yeah. whippersnapper as yeah. I was walking home or something like that. We would have okay. crossed paths. Holy shit. <laughs> because I walked... Um, up and down Balmoral every day. Balmoral was. I my, went to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I man. went to uh, Earnscliff. Okay. 
the middle also, school. Also, you didn't go to you didn't go to Saint John Newman. You never went no. to Cardinal Newman. No, but you always heard about people oh. from our school getting into fights with people from Cardinal Newman. Okay, okay, okay. You always heard about okay. stuff like that. Okay, wow, yeah, that that's that that always scared me to have that school, you know, down the road. Everyone's had a school like this where it's like. First of all, they're 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 not Catholic, so it's already a little suspect, right? They're mm. who knows what they're worshiping, and right. then secondly, at that 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 what you don't know. So I was always scared of Ernst Cliff. When I'd hear Ernst Cliff, I'd think I'm going to get beat up. I'm going to. Well, there up. were there there were like lots of legendary bullies and stuff. Like we talked yeah. about that before, yeah. but there were like, so we talked about the King bully. Are we allowed to name names here? Well, I don't know. Fuck. I think maybe you should, trouble. or maybe like you, you've got a good way with words maybe distort the name slightly, but we'll know who it is. <laughs> uh, I'm actually a kind of dim. Okay. So say the name properly first and then distort it. It's just for Steve, my, okay. Steve LaFrance. Steve LaSance. Okay. Uh, Steve LaFrance. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that. Um, so so Steve uh, France was a, a notorious bully in our in our yes. neighborhood growing up. Was he at Newman? He was. I think he that was. he went to your school. Yeah, yeah, and he was like totally like we like almost like mythological level yeah. bully. Yeah, because there were yeah. several uh, levels of bullies from just your sort of like. I yeah. always want to talk about it in Dungeons and Dragons terms. Please like do. lower level, like, um, I don't know. Okay, I could say it on a scale of giants. So you have your wimpy giant, which is the hill giant. They're like stupid uh, yeah. kind of uh, dim-witted giants that yeah. are kind of weak, but they're still much stronger than humans. Right. And then you got stone giants. They're more artistic. And then going all the way up to like storm giants are like the mythological epic giants that are yeah. really, really huge. Yeah. I'm sorry, just peeling a banana, banana here. Do it. Um, and I will do it. This I mean, I'm gonna go, I was a little hesitant. Well, I was a little hesitant going for the banana um, before the you encouraged me. Sound art. I'll try. I was going to try not to let that uh, bleed into the conversation. But did you know, apparently mm. bananas lower your um, something, whatever makes you feel like nervous before a concert. Oh, so okay. I know this guy. I know this guy, Steve Cowan. Maybe you met him. He's a, he's an amazing classical guitarist. Oh yeah, okay. okay. And we played at the um, at the, the sound symposium in uh, Newfoundland. Right. And then he we were on a double bill, and yeah. he ate a banana before, okay. and then he ate another banana. Yeah. And then he ate a third banana before, and then he said that he eats three bananas before every show, Sick. and it helps le- level him out. Okay. Well, you are on the podcast industry tactics have your bite of banana because this is an okay. interesting thing so are you you're then i have banana? a one i have a one banana advantage over you okay are you, Unless one you banana already had a banana no, yeah and you're and you're planning on eating the three to mitigate nerves here i only have no well i was thinking about that no it's just because I, I i haven't really eaten anything so far today okay that's better i need better. something i just want to put something in my stomach yeah um now i was I trying to gauge that. actually because yeah. i knew that I would talk about that when I ate the banana. Yeah, neat. Oh, Not that well, I didn't make a together. list of the things. I didn't make a list of things or anything, but that's cool, man. I, and I have heard that, that one. Yeah. I have heard that one, and it fascinates me. Like in mm. all seriousness, like the I before every show will take an anxiety <laughs> shit. Like even if I and the good news of it is if I'm traveling, anxiety like, shit like a like a dump. Yeah, yeah. You're allowed yeah. to talk this way on your podcast. I, I will. Yeah, yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. Okay, great. I'll get That's clearance. Good to know. I wouldn't yeah. have done that myself. No, no. So, Why, you have a boss? We'll, we'll clear it up the chain, yeah. We'll run this okay. up the chain. We'll get the directors to uh, to approve it. But run yeah, uh, an anxiety chain. shit. Like like clockwork, even if I'm like super travel constipated, that's a moment of glory when it's like, okay, the anxiety poo comes and then boom, the flush. It's kind of annoying because you're trying to get all your gear set up and you got to take a massive dump. But right. um, that's my thing. But I have heard about this, the um, beta blockers, it's kind of a natural, ver- the three bananas, a, a, a show is kind of a natural version of a beta, bl- beta blocker, I guess. It just helps you. I don't know what it does. Yeah, I was sure about that. Yeah, probably. I always think about Glenn Gould when I think of beta blockers or, you know. Well, man, I think of Glenn Gould when I listen to uh, fucking uh, Fugal Metamorphosis from your 2014 record. Can we play that? Wow. You know what you just did? You did that thing that um, imagine that I'm um, Johnny Carson or I'm uh, Conan O'Brien and then you're Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yes, that reminds me of my my most recent book on page 47 of my recent book. I happen to talk about a few. And it's very interesting that you mentioned that because it's Here. right on topic of the book that's being re- released by Barnes and Nobles, except... Time magazine named me the best comedian in the world. Here it comes now. Fugal Metamorphosis, John Camille Farrar.
No, we're we're back after that 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 brilliant piece, Fugal Metamorphosis. You're right. We didn't even finish up the bully the bully story. Let's get back to La France. Yeah, and I didn't hear it, so I'm not affected. Like I'm not. Yeah, I guess the way I'm talking now is um. No, I just shit my time, pants because I'm not even. Okay, I just shit my pants. So yeah, please finish. Please finish. Uh, well, then you had a sub level of bullies. Okay. So you had uh, Steve LaFrance at the top of the chain, mm-hmm. and and he, everybody for like uh, you know square kilometers was scared of him. Yeah, and then I and then you had name. yeah, and then you had these two other guys. It was so weird. It was almost like Stephen King wrote the story because then you had okay. these two guys, Jeff Kunde, don't know, that and name. Jeff, and then Jeff Condy, like oh, it was whoa. almost exactly the same name, but Creepy. they were two different guys, and they were both bullies. So how could you have Jeff Kunde and Jeff Condy, and they are definitely not the same guy. Scary. And they're like a lower level of bully. Yeah. And then you had your just thug bullies, which were kind of dumb, that would flock around the higher level bullies. Did you ever? Which get, I never knew their names. Did you ever get um, kind of treated by a bully? Yeah, like I mean. Uh, I had barely any one-on-one interaction, but I would, what would happen is I would hang out with a kid that was tougher than me, mm-hmm. that then the higher level bullies would single them out and want to okay. pick on them because they would be like an alpha male thing. Yeah. And then I would be with them going to buy a chocolate bar or something right. or buy chips. Right. Just and, innocently and, in the mix. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. I, I would get then pulled in because I was on whatever bystander. And then they would end up interacting with me and like punching me, but just more like glancing punches like okay yeah this guy too Ugh. and i'd be like totally shitting my pants the whole time um um and i would just if, if any if i ever actually got grabbed by one of those guys i would just ragdoll oh, okay that's what you do if, that was your that was what your i wish that's my go-to tactic but i kind of wish i mean now like with hindsight of like a zillion yeah. years yeah i wish that i had like wish i could have like because i never really got into fights or anything right. Right. Uh, I wish Same. I had like you know gone for it when I was younger because there's yeah. like less consequences. Yeah. Like now I'm adult man. Something happens to me. Something I could seriously go it's to the silly. hospital or something. It's yeah. Silly I mean now. I would never do it now. But now yeah. I wish I had done it when I was like ten or yeah. You know twelve yeah. and yeah. and doesn't matter. You just drop a lead cylinder on me and I'd probably be yeah. fine. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Um, where were you going to buy your, your uh, chocolate bars? Just out of curiosity, like the Max Milk. Southgate. Southgate, uh, Southgate Mall. Southgate I got my haircut Mall. there. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. With um, the porn, the porn uh, magazines. <laughs> remember all those? Oh, vi- Eduardo. Vividly. You had and Eduardo. I remember the Eduardo Sam. Tino. 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 Yeah. You're fucking. You, and then there's you the, guy, me the guy. Right in my heart. Johnny. Johnny. Come you on. You just in. hit me right in my Johnny. heart. Tino. I can't. No my, my brother and I hated getting Eduardo. We'd call it the Eduardo fluff if we got Eduardo. I think Sam was the best of the three, but Tino made us laugh, man. Just that name, Tino. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. incredible, man. So we, we literally like Tino, grew up beside each other. Yeah. I saw, um, I'm so excited. I can't even like, I'm not even letting you speak properly, but it's like Tino and Eduardo, I think, were the original guys. Mm-hmm. It feels like they were the original guys. Then Sam came in later. Sam was like and an then add-on to a, a sitcom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then there was even another guy later. I think Sam was even Lebanese, if I may say. Oh, yeah. But all yeah. the other guys were Italian. Oh, yeah. And then Sam did the typical Levantine 
thing of going into well meaning which happened to me growing up in super racist brampton occasionally you would like try to pass yourself off as italian which is a less getting a lesser form of discrimination or something so i think that sam was like he's short his name was bassam or something like that Mm -hmm. and he shortened it to that but anyway but i remember the one day after several years of seeing that mythical um all those penthouse and and, uh, playboy magazines that had that had the covers sort of yeah cut uh, off yes, you know so yes, you could just see yes, the title yes and I remember one day i made it i made the I, I went for it and i reached for one me too yeah and they let that me was really they young. look at it yeah and i'm sure that it made everybody else all the other men waiting for their haircuts yeah. uncomfortable this yeah. teenage boy then looking oh, okay, at okay you're a teenager it's okay I, I johnny I was... Yeah, I was very young. I think I might have been like eight, and I remember getting in trouble for. Uh, oh, wow. But it, I remember it. I mean, it's a it's a fond memory, you know, like the, well, the, the had, barbershop porno mag, you know. Yeah. Wow. They had they had also a stand for porno mags in uh, the W H Smith in the Bramley City Center. Okay. Uh, because Classic. I had so late. Well, my tastes in reading yeah. were so lame. I would only go to the occult section. <laughs> uh, when I, or the fantasy section were you uh, were you a dungeons and dragons kid big time oh yeah and that's you could go to wh smith to buy your yeah. D dice i used to i used to yeah yeah oh, no, or, or yeah. leisure world i think leisure world, well, leisure world i forgot about too, that right? yeah yeah or grand and toy oh man yeah so good all Ramily of them, city uh, center was so epic yeah all of them casualties of uh they're they're all gone they're all gone hmm. i'm pretty sure yeah right? Yeah. No, it's it's uh, pretty brutal to go to Bramley City Center now. It's like ten times. I mean, it's more quote unquote luxurious, like a proper yeah. North American huge mall. Yeah. The only thing I I like about Bramley City Center now is the food court. Yeah. Yeah, you got. I actually find it kind of tranquil. Interesting. Um. Yeah. Wh- when was the last time you would have uh, been to to Brampton or the Bramley City Center? Uh, last September. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it has changed. Eh? It's like you don't even recognize it in a lot of ways. But yeah, I, I hear you on that tranquility, the, the tranquility of a good food court. That's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. It's like a Men shitty walk. Yeah. 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 Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it is super international. That's pretty amazing. But yeah. the thing is, it's still super depressing. And, and Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, the, just, the, the, I don't know what the word. Yeah. Yeah. Beige. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like. What is it, the Seinfeld episode? They said, uh, Jerry says to George, when you leave the house with your track pants on, you're telling the world, I give up. Yeah, yeah. But a whole Bramley City Center feels like that kind oh, of Oh, fuck. Well put, well put. Yeah. Man, you, um, I know we have that in common because you'll send me these random notes just like um, from the, the deep past of Brampton and, and, and revealing intersections between the two of us that I didn't even know existed at the time. Right. Which is kind of Mm. fascinating to me that we were growing up so close to each other. Um, I don't know. I, what's the question here? I want to get into your musical life. Um, Oh wait, can I say one more thing though? Yeah. Banana. I have a friend. Well, I have a, I forgot about my banana, but um, I have a friend a uh, friend, actually, you should uh, should connect you, or maybe yeah. you're already connected because he's connected through Nora and Jesse. Oh, okay. So Chris Chris Lavis, and he, he moved to Montreal, grew up in Brampton near Center Street, near the Dairy oh, yeah. Queen, downtown Brampton. And oh, beauty. yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then he has a film company, and we're playing D&D now. We're playing D&D through the Slack app on our phones. Oh, sick. And he's the ultimate dungeon master because he makes animated movies and all the, he's like made an Oscar nominated, okay. like semi cult film. Incredible. Uh, where was I going that with it? Oh, but he always said the perfect words that sum up. Uh, he, he said, Joseph Stalin could have built a more beautiful city than Brampton. Oh, God. Which is so, such a brutal. I'm so yeah. happy you remembered to say that. That is a that is a, <laughs> that is a fine statement. Did he grow up? He grew up. So he grew up in Brampton uh, on the yeah. on the same diet of Dungeons and Dragons and imagination and uh, all of that. Yeah. But that's that's a really dark and accurate statement. Yep. Jeez. Yeah. Jeez. Filled with weird architecture too, like this yeah. um, city hall. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. And also there were these buildings, you know, those weird apartment buildings that are across from uh, uh, Southgate Mall. They're yeah. weirdly, there's these yeah. three apartment yeah. buildings, which are particularly yes. uh, very stoic and yeah. they don't fit into the, the, the city planning of the neighborhood. Right. right. In terms city of it was just houses and, and then you have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's well, the yeah. ultimate city planned right. city planned city, I guess. Right. Yeah. 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 It was okay, so, so I know you want to go on music. No, I no, it was just things. so interesting growing up there and watching it in front of your very eyes. Like you're watching this anthropological <laughs> yep. kind of study unfold before you. Every year there would be a new expansion of beige, yeah. you know. Uh, I mean, Professors look, people, like- got, people got to live too, you know. I don't want to. I don't want to come off as snobby on that, but it's just like people got to live, and that's also the point. Is that like I think they forgot about that. It's just like the cultural elements of it are, were just vo- void, right? It was just like you had to yeah. make it up yourself. Cause, and that's why I think you had scenes like, you know, those church punk scenes and just DIY indie stuff kind of coming up. Were you immersed in any of that growing up? Like, in, No, that's the, amazing. Because yeah. I think you were really, I pieced it together much later that you were uh, really a part of that. And I missed out on any of these cultural benefits from being in Brampton from these... Right. Little side scenes. I missed out on that completely. Did you I leave only... Brampton? Did you? Were you in Toronto uh, by the time? Like I yes. Don't know what, okay. My for university, I went to okay. Mac for a year, and then I went to U of T, oh, and I we see. met there later on. Okay. But um, I missed out on all that, you know, cool culture stuff. I had no idea that I had no idea that there was apparently some legendary drum and bass crews in Brampton. I didn't know that. I didn't know there was this punk scene and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually, and whenever I would bump into someone from Brampton outside of Brampton, like in yeah. Toronto, yeah. or even occasionally it would be somewhere even further removed. Like you'd be on a trip and all of a sudden you, you, you meet someone, it turns out that you're both from Brampton yeah. and it would be like meeting another inmate that you both escaped from Alcatraz. So good. You'd be like, so Oh my good. God, you were in cell block D. And it, like, we survived that. Cause if you're a person that had any kind of like uh, artistic aspiration or an artistic yeah. drive inside yourself, yeah. Brampton was particularly harsh. It was. But for other people, it was just, I mean, yeah. not particularly, yeah. no different than any other kind of crummy yeah. suburb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicely put, man. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting. So did you mention that we met at U of T? Pretty sure. Oh. I, I, no? I, I, that escapes me. But I, you, so you went to U of T well, for Well, music? I definitely have some vague memories of you okay. walking around and... Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, maybe I'm imagining that. No, because we met through the Drake Hotel and or something like that, right? And some right. other thing in the Toronto music scene. I, I guess together. I just yeah. No, no, maybe I maybe I like projected that memory. But did did you go to U of T Faculty of Music? 
Yeah, I did. Oh, composition great, there. great. Yeah. So, what was that like for your? Because I I hated it. What was that like for you? <laughs> sucked so bad. I'm glad. Oh. I'm relieved to hear that that it sucked for you because I I thought you were going to say something like because it was so amazing. Uh, no, for me it uh, took years of uh, uh, um, for it to yeah. work its way out of yeah. my system. Yeah, and I still have yeah. some trace toxins. Yeah. Uh, well, but what are the? Can you unpack some of that for me? Because I I'm interested in that. I really am. I think like any okay. real artist that I hear trying to get get go through that grind, I feel mm. not not that I call myself a real artist, but I try. You are. What do you mean? You know. What? Well, I don't, okay, I'll stop. I'll stop beating myself. Yeah. Twenty twenty two. But but. Yeah. I mean, I going through that. Sorry, Rich. It's 2022 means that uh, false modesty is not a thing anymore. Like that's a thing. Right, 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 right. Okay, nice one. Nothing. Okay, nice one. Good one. No, but in in all seriousness, like it's it 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 was a fucking grind, and it it I I felt like ultimately they try to beat the artist out of you in in so many ways, and I want to know from your ass uh, angle, like was it was it hard on your ego? Like were there like Obviously, I think like uh, that's probably what's in the foreground at that age, right? But um, what was difficult in, in in like did you did you finish as an example? Like oh, amazing. This is okay. This yeah. is very uh, what's the word for it uh, when someone releases something inside you? It's it's very I don't yeah. know whatever the word is for it. Um, triggering because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want to go far that far, but yeah. it, no, it's because yeah. it's a positive kind of trigger. trigger. Okay, good. Um, it's like. I always, U of T was such a toxic environment. I cannot yeah. believe, I don't think if you, if you took that yeah. and put that environment into 2022, I don't yeah. think anyone would get away with it. They wouldn't get away with having such awful professor behavior. And I'm not even talking about um, me too stuff. I'm talking like low. That came like, later. I mean, yeah. maybe that, uh, I'm it sure that there. that is, yes. go- yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. But yeah, I'm yeah. not even referring right. to that, of course, because right. I'm a guy and I sure. experienced that angle of it, but mm-hmm. uh, even just sort of emotional. Oh yeah. God, the way I've always described it, it was like, you got these professors mm-hmm. and they're like, they're like uh, uh, petty medieval dukes and um, what are the other things? You got dukes and barons yeah. and, uh, yeah. you know, these guys all vying for power yes. in medieval, medieval central Europe. And they've all got their, their, their like groups of peasants are, are their students, their acolytes. And yeah. if you play into the, the professor's hands and their petty egos and they're all kind of making war on each other. Uh, through subject, so like whatever it is, like through by proxies, the expression. Um, yeah. And and if you didn't play into that, which I was not smart, I wasn't a, I didn't know, I was too naive, way yeah. too naive to know really what the playing field was okay. Okay. and how to make that, or at the very least, how to just float, try to float through it seamlessly. I would have just tried to imagine. get through, get my degree. I almost dropped out several times. Were, were you were you piano performance or and or composition? What was your stream? I started off in piano performance, and that's got to be tough, that was man. so. Um, I can only imagine uh, d- emotionally, d- d- just it, like oh. that. I was like, oh, I got into this. Like what? It's all yeah. around trying to enter me. competitions, yeah. and yeah. there's yeah. no artistic expression in it whatsoever. At least yeah. from my angle, yeah. okay. it, it was okay. artistically uh, uh, like drinking poison or something. Is, so I switched to composition. Okay. Where at least, I, at least there's some of the people were 
uh, a little bit more similar to me, and you could kind of float through because no one had any idea what they were doing okay. in composition. Okay. It was just yeah. sort of like a no man's land. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Who did you study? Who did you study with? Well, I had I had uh, Edward Laufer. Oh yeah, I'm not. He's Shankarian. Okay, yes, yes. He was a Swiss Shankarian analysis expert, like one of the world uh, renowned guys. That shit's nuts. And uh, he was, I I was, I didn't get anything from him compositionally, but he was a very gentle man. Good. He was too, too tolerant of my like lack of discipline and stuff. Okay. And then uh, Derek Holman, who was renowned for just completely, completely lacerating you with his wit and just mocking and whatever. And the strange thing is the chemistry between him and I worked out just fine because it was like you knew everybody was getting decimated equally. Okay. And it wasn't anything personal. So if you just sort of took your ego and hung it on the coat rack when you went in, you could actually, I actually learned a lot about composition with him just because he was so knowledgeable about just technique and stuff. So that, that was great. Yeah. I have, yeah, oddly enough, a fond memory of him, but oh. he was known for, for just like, you know, whiplash, uh, sarcasm and stuff. Okay. okay. Yeah. Not like whiplash, that shitty movie though. I've never seen that. Neither have I. Stay away from it. Directed by Noam Chomsky or something? It's about music education and like punching snare drums to get results. That's all I know. Oh, I heard about anyway. that. No, yeah. Anyway. No. Sounds like you've had, and you would have, um, some real figures who, 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 who did the thing for you educationally, right? Like you've, you've named a, a few here. Um, yeah, who, who's still, who's, are, are, is it them who stand out for you in terms of helping you kind of find your voice as a composer? No. Or are, are there I, others? No. No. No, it, none of that happened, unfortunately, within a, yeah. any kind of like a educational institution. Yeah. I never got anything. I don't know what's to blame for that. Maybe I was just, I feel like the the nature of my creativity is so like uh, omnivorous. I know it sounds kind of like, you know. Find another word. I'm not, I don't understand what you mean. Uh, Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just meant like I I draw and I, and I play like early music, play early music and I do electronic music and I improvise and I, and I play classical. So I just meant it's just like eat any, I just eat anything. There wasn't and a so path. therefore, yeah, yeah. there was no thing. There's no. If I were a third year uh, uh, oboe student, and yeah. oh, we've got this up and coming student. He's so brilliant. You should hear him play the Mozart Concerto. Mm-hmm. Uh, blah blah blah. And and he's you know you go into you win a few competitions, mm-hmm. and then you get a seat in a major orchestra and you're set. There's there's these well worn pathways for someone to excel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then if you're a, yeah. uh, um, a different, you're into improvisation, and especially if it's not straight ahead jazz, uh, or if you're into any other things, you have to make your own path. And I felt that I'm even off of the, off of the beaten, off of the, off of the, off, like off, off, yeah. off Broadway, off you know, Broadway. Yeah. Do that, yeah. that kind yeah. of thing. So it's like, yeah. how many times removed can you, can you be from that? You see. You and see, I feel I like think, I'm as removed as you can be. I, I I would think if I were one of those profs as a as a young getting a young mind like yours, um, getting a young mind like yours in the mix would be such an asset because it's like, hey, what are you into? You're into all these things. Let's try to let's go in a new direction. Even if I don't know what that direction is, let me help you find it. I, I would I would love to hold your hand through that. You know what I mean? Like give you that. Yeah 
comfort that you're not alone, that you are on a path yeah. here and that, and foster that, you know, like, yeah, is that's that actually, I'm, I'm so glad that, yeah, no, I never had any of that. that mm. It was disapproved of me. Yet here we are. Even, even just mis- mixing uh, performance and composition was majorly frowned on. Even just that, that's like the most basic departure just being yeah. a performer or a composer no, and no, never I, mind, I all, never mind improvisation, never yeah. mind, yeah. uh, blah, 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 all these other things. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I relate I, to that. I relate to that. Yeah. I had a, a and similar, I, I needed it. There. Yeah. Yeah. No, I no, needed no. it at the time and I never had it. And that's why I learned. So I don't teach very much Okay. now, but when I do occasionally teach, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. T- occasionally teach classical students, Okay. improvisation okay and i feel that because i didn't have it not because i had it but because i didn't have it uh-huh. i'm the one thing that i think i i might be good at is knowing how to encourage people because i know how awful it can be not to have that encouragement and what a massive world of difference it is yep. like you said to hold, have someone hold your hand through something and simply like first of all there's nothing wrong with you second of all it's actually great what you yeah. want to do and you, and I want, and I think it's wonderful and so on. And I think I would think that the cases where you would discourage someone, mm-hmm. your base baseline response should be never. And maybe if there's Come some on. exceptional reason to discourage someone, it would have to be, I can't imagine what it would be. I'm writing but, hate music. I'm writing like, yeah, literally, sure. like I'm writing, you know, <laughs> hate, hate songs. I yes. mean, Anything, I agree with you. That should be the line. Anything else is like, all right, you're, you may not have it. But like, I look, I got rejected from the composition department and it was a major blow to my young ego. A second year, I wouldn't have even gone Amazing. to U of T if I didn't, if I knew that a rejection was coming after year one that would have like Sometimes. fucked my brain. You know what I mean? So yeah. I still kept composing. It's like, here we are today. I don't think it changes your path, but it it it, it hurts and it, it does kind of, I think, um, it affects us, right? Like these moves, these decisions by the arbiters, right? Like, it's like, who the hell are you all to to think that the shit I'm writing is not real or any of that, right? Like the judgment factor on the quality of the thing, it, it supersedes the whole point of what they're there for. Like, it's just like, wow, you guys, you guys actually missed the, you, you missed it. You missed what the mm-hmm. point of this all is, you know, it's, you should be helping people find their voices on their terms. You know what I mean? That's it. And then you end up writing music that is more relevant. If I don't know how, how I can qualify re- relevant or anything, but sure. um, that speaks to the outside world or to people well, outside world, just meaning the world, not yeah. like not the closed off uh, institution in the, yeah. in the university. And uh, they end up sort of just churning out these people that are, I don't know how to put it. It's almost like you just know what just products of a, of a kind of a system. Yeah. There's there not really much personality or character character well to what put. they're doing. That's seems well to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, I saw a kid There was a, I, cause I, 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 I did go back and, and, and do other degrees there. I, I guess I didn't learn my lesson. And when I, I was a lot older and I saw a kid, who reminded me of me. And after year one, he was a young guitarist. And after year one, he applied for composition and didn't get in like literally the same path. And I said, Mm -hmm. find it, find your path another way. It actually gave me, um, it it was a warm feeling that I could get, I could share with him. It's like, Hey, I've been burned this exact way. It doesn't define you. 
You, you know what I mean? I was able to share that with him, and I, I really felt thankful that I was. You know, it kind of it is a thing about life. Eh? As you as you get older, and you feel certain pains, and you see other people that get burned in a in a very either the same way or a variation on it, you can kind of help them through it, and that's kind of right. that's kind of a nice thing to be able to share with someone, right? Because he was he was pissed, and I was like, "Hey, man, I felt this. You know, it's not the end." Oh, dude, I can, and I, I mean, we can talk about that so much uh, uh, later uh, in more detail. I when I went into composition uh as an undergrad anyway mm-hmm. i didn't have that because it was so empty i think that they were like oh what you want to go to composition oh like we have no one it's like empty right now or oh, something oh, like that oh, so i think i just you got in on the good year. <laughs> i flipped from performance there was just nothing but i totally i know what you mean we could talk about that later yeah. piano um, performance though had to be like the, the i can't even imagine what you were going through there like that that had to be like because there's only one or two real ways to do it. And you've kind of broken that in a lot of ways. Like, I see what you're doing now. Like, I look at your okay. at your career, and it's remarkable. Well, it's remarkable that they didn't really foster that. You know what I mean? I was absolutely of no value to them. Like, what I, what I, whatever I could offer wow. was completely considered not currency that they could use. In, in their aggrandizement um, so so therefore it was just um i didn't know what i was getting into because i did this amazing year mm-hmm. okay i'm sorry to go back for this but i yeah, yeah. when i was the year before going into university when you apply the last yeah, year of high school yeah yeah, yeah. I, very important i was yeah. applying yeah i know it's so formative for your yeah. whole life and you have no fucking idea what you're doing yeah yeah and i didn't yeah. have any idea what i was doing and I applied for Near Eastern studies. I wanted to be a professor um, of ancient Mediterranean history and Jesus. go and try to somehow solve the Palestine-Israel conflict by by unraveling it from ancient Near Eastern history, historical you're, you're a beautiful perspective. Yes. That's what I wanted to do. I mean, it's to- I'm wow. totally unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And but I wanted to do that, and I wanted to be a composer still. Okay, but just I wanted to do that with my self being fed artistically by all this ancient middle Eastern archeology span and mythology and all the gods and all the, and all that stuff. So I knew that I would never have a lack of inspiration and music was still going to be my life, but I just wanted to do that. And then, and I I kind of think that I, I kind of wish that I had done it. Um, That's cool. I like talking about regrets in our educational. Oh yeah. I have no problem. I'm not one of these, I'm not one of these people who say like, I don't regret anything. Yeah. We can't do it all. Right. Yeah. That sounds like a cool path. eh? Like, (laughs) yeah, I know. I mean, look look at that John Farrar, the other, that alternate John, John Farrar universe walking, uh, walking, strutting down the street uh, in a satin suit right now, (laughs) um, being interviewed by uh, uh, whatever, one of those like, um, yeah, whatever, some cool website or something. Anyway, yeah. so Instead, I, my girlfriend at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the loser version. Okay, so my girlfriend at the time, she was like, what are you doing? You're, mm-hmm. you're a creative artist. You should be doing And I, I was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I tried to book. Uh, it was late August, and I tried to book auditions. And U of T and all of oh other God. McGill or whatever, all those other schools, they were closed. To, they had done the auditions already sure. in April. Sure. The only place that would grant me a... Uh, an audition was McMaster, which had a tiny, like hodgepodge little patchwork music department. Yeah. But with like this incredible heavyweight uh, pianist, uh, Valerie Tryon. Yeah, sure. I know her. Yeah. 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 yeah freaking great. amazing. She's and, uh, and yeah, then well. I got in, they, they let me in 
Okay. And I had the most incredible year of learning that I ever had in my life. That because, one year at Mac. Wow. Because there was Valerie. no, there was no like comp competitive atmosphere. It was just yeah. a bunch yeah. of hodgepodge yeah. of actually kind of interesting kids, interesting kids I that bet. just wanted I to bet. study music that, that, that weren't, they weren't like uh, what do they call that? Over performers. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, um, and, and so I would just lock myself in a practice room. Mm -hmm. I'd get a stack of music Mm -hmm. practice practice till seven in the morning every day wow. and i would go skip off my classes and i would go to the music library and i'd get a stack of 30 cds and i would just sit there for like six hours and i'd listen and yeah. it, no, it was it was amazing for me because yeah. there was no toxic environment because yeah. there yeah. was no environment it was just a bunch of random people and um and i did that and then i went to u of t thinking that was a step up and it completely killed me it, Fuck, man. Uh, it completely killed me because of that, whatever you want to say, toxic environment. There. That's so interesting. And, and I wished after, because I thought I was like, well, we're moving on up, like thing. That's a good uh, lesson. And That's it a good wasn't lesson. moving That's a really good up. It lesson. wasn't. I, I yeah. should have stayed at the hometown, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, more modest. Yeah, yeah. That's a really whatever good you lesson. Whatever you want to call man. it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I appreciate at that. At the hey. Barney Miller uh, department. Let's set up some of your music here. Let's let's cut and listen to some of your 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 your, your compositions. Uh, what do you want to set up from the body of work that you sent me? You got anything? Uh, I have something. If you don't, okay, yeah. Tell me what you were thinking. Here comes slithering descent. I really fucking dig this. Can you set that up for us? I'm so happy that you like that one. Yeah, yeah. man. Are you <clears> kidding me? That's. Um, I'm so glad you like that. Uh, how can I set it up? Um, it it's was just the, one of the first organ. I don't know. It's like a three part counterpoint thing that just keeps on. It's the same melody keeps on repeating itself, but it feels like it's to me, at least it's like one of those, like you one of those optical illusions of an elevator or a staircase. And you look yeah. at it, it keep, looks like it keeps on going up, even though it's not or something. Yeah. That's how it is musically to me. Um, and uh, so there's some electronics mixed in. So I have this side life that developed by accident as a as an as an amateur organist, like a wannabe yeah. organist. I yeah. wish I was an organist. I wish I had studied organ. And uh, I play these concerts called Music for Organ and Synthesizers. Yeah. And it ended up becoming a big part of my life. And I love it, but I just did it for fun. I was like, I was just because I couldn't Great. find a place I could do. I couldn't find a place that would give me a piano concert. I'd be like, well, but I played in this, like some Philharmonic and they'd be like, yeah. we don't care. You're not like hip enough. You can't, I couldn't find a gig in Berlin. Mm -hmm. So I found some churches which were, would allow me to use their organs. And I was so like, well, smart. what would I want to do with that? Okay. And, uh, and then I just rented a sound system. I just started, okay. I just put on these shows myself and then just out of nowhere, a lot of people started coming, but I didn't oh, think, I didn't envision it that way. It was just, that's cool. It was just something I did for myself. And it's ended up becoming a major part of my life That's how it that be. I approach. That's how it now be. what happens when I go, when I go touring, yeah. uh, if I'm in another random other city, I don't know, Frankfurt or Warsaw or something. And then I, I look up like, who are the major organists here? Mm -hmm. No, I mean, it sounds like a very methodical thing, but yeah. I'm just saying it's happened a few times. Yeah. And I just, I go and I'll attend mass or I'll attend a, a concert right. and then I'll try to meet them. And it's amazing for me to meet oh, these like right. heavyweight beautiful uh, brilliant organists and some and when, when you get lucky and they're like they look you up and they're like oh this guy's doing something interesting and they'll meet you for a coffee and they'll they're, they're happy to meet you that's it's, so nice and i feel so lucky i feel so lucky that that's i've great. encountered some generosity from that and that's then i get really to beautiful. glean little yeah, yeah learn bits about the organ repertoire through them and stuff wow. and wow 
Yeah. Man, I really admire what you're doing. I really think it's um on that front like it's uh it's 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 unique, you know. It's you. It's like only you are, are could do it. You know what I mean? And and all of like just hearing bits of your path along the way, I'm, I'm I I appreciate it even more. You know what what you're putting out and what you're persisting to put out oh. into the world artistically. It's um uh I just I applaud it and um, I want to know more about you. And I know we're reaching the end of our our time here together, people. If people want to listen, maybe what we'll do is I owe you a part two, but I think this has been a, just a wonderful glimpse, um, barbershop, porno mags and all into, into <laughs> your, your, uh, the fabric of who you are, a little glimpse. Um, people want to learn more about your work. They go to johnfarah.com. That's F-A-R-A-H.com. Um, wh- quickly, before we That's listen. That's just so to- nice. Everything, everything you said, Rich. Is oh, really, man. It's really, it's like, a, uh, if I, uh, yeah, it just well, leaving me in a very nice space, and that's it's just very warm what you said. So I really appreciate uh, and I, we need to we, we need to continue this discussion both on and off record. Um, hmm. So so I, I leave a door open to that, John. But um, I'm also going to play uh, at the end of this some of your weird fucking crank calls from I don't know what time in the morning in Berlin, but I get them as voice memos. So we're going to leave you with some. Um, Actually, you know what? I'm going to set them up now. Here come a few of John's weird voice memos to me that I think you need to hear. Here they are. Lowland Gorilla versus Blue Whale. Both of these two magnificent beasts are quite large and strong, making this quite an even close fight. The gorilla can reach up to one and a half meters tall almost the normal height of a human, although it is much heavier than a human, at least three to four hundred pounds heavier. Sometimes the males are even more than that, although I don't know how much more. I didn't look that one up. And the blue whale is approximately 50 times longer than the gorilla. They can reach over 100 feet making them very, very long, much longer than the gorilla. Whether it is a silverback or a lowland or mountain gorilla, it doesn't matter. The blue whale is even longer than that. And that would mean it comes down to where the fight would take place. If the fight would take place in the mountains or in the lowlands, which are both places where the gorilla could possibly live, then that would determine that the gorilla would have an advantage over the blue whale. However, if someone brought along some water, for example, a couple of cups of water, and splashed them on the blue whale, then that would give the blue whale at least enough power and energy and maybe some hope that it would then get in the fight and get a little more enthusiastic and throw a couple of punches which would probably obliterate the gorilla. However, if this fight took place in the ocean, the gorilla would not know how to swim unless it had been given swimming lessons by Greg Luganis from the Olympics or Greg Phelps or whatever his name is, and then the the gorilla would be swimming although still not as fast as the blue whale. 
and then the blue whale could simply eat the gorilla, probably would get him in one bite, maybe two bites, and maybe bite off a leg and then get the rest of him. That would be quite ugly to see, and then maybe the blue whale would not even eat the rest of him because they normally don't even eat meat. So it would be quite scary for both of them. They would both get scared and probably swim away. The gorilla would probably probably try to swim away and then he would, wouldn't be able to because his arm was off. It would be quite violent all around. And then Vincent Price would notice how scary the whole thing was and he would start narrating the fight himself. Then it would be a Vincent Price scariathon, and we would all be quite scared, even more scared than we already were from witnessing this horrible tragedy between these two great beasts fighting to the death. That's all we have today, so please click like and subscribe, and I'll see you next time on the Chaotic Animal Channel. Our newest two subscribers are Christian Fierce and Attila Fierce. The Fierce brothers both subscribed almost at the same time. It was so close. They both subscribed within one minute, meaning they were probably taking a dump at the same time in opposite corners of their house. We will examine this next time on the Chaotic Animal Channel. Thanks so much for tuning in. Tomorrow we will do an ant versus a wildebeest. Weird, right? What a one-of-a-kind, strange soul. We love you, John. Here's another uh, voice memo I got from John the other day. Something, there's a couple here back-to-back. Something about Blobbo. There's some things I enjoy, like running around and talking to Blobbo. And other times, I enjoy climbing up the stairs and talking to Blobbo. Then there's other times, I will cook a nice meal then talk to Blobbo. But most of the time, I enjoy watching TV and then talking to Blobbo. So strange. I gotta say, I love waking up to these. Here's the last one. Do you enjoy talking to Blobbo? Take this quiz. Number one, is it fun talking to Blobbo? Number two, when you eat cookies, do you then have an inexplicable desire to speak with Blobbo? Number three, when you go ice skating, is the first person you want to call to go ice skating with Blobbo? Number four, when you look at your face in the mirror, do you then see Blobbo? How can they contextualize? How can anyone listening contextualize they, these? They need to know that you're a random vision. soul. How the fuck do you, do you think I contextualize it when I'm on the can at six in the morning getting these? Uh, that's for them to digest, not for us to to to, to decide. Let them digest that shit. Um, John, what's upcoming? What's upcoming for in your in your in your world right now in, in the next few months? I'm looking forward to this thing, but it's un, it's totally vague when it'll be because okay. of Corona. I'm doing. I got some sort of commission for the National Arts Center Orchestra. Oh, sick! Yeah, but I I, I don't know when it's going to happen. But they want okay. me to just come there and like meet them and sit and listen and stuff. So it's wow, lucky John. because because I do because I never got the proper uh, sort of I don't know whatever guidance. I never really. Uh, 
like other proper proper comp- composition students had their right. orchestra pieces six seven 20 orchestra pieces yeah. and stuff like that and yeah. i just you know for better or for worse and also i slept through a lot of classes i wasn't yeah. very disciplined yeah. and stuff and yeah. now it feels like it's coming full circle with an uh, an opportunity once in a blue moon once in a while some ensemble comes Incredible. and asks me to write a piece Incredible. and so actually i'm getting that original part of myself satis- satisfied later in life stick with i it. noticed I'm, I'm talking really fast during this interview no, because i'm no I'm talking especially fast because I'm so excited about it. Yeah, I want to talk about everything. Man, oh, I, I, I'm, I know you've definitely intrigued. Look, uh, part two will come. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. friends, get into John's work if you haven't. You find it all at johnfarad.com. There's a link to the band camp and and all of his work. You get into it. Uh, throw him a few dollars if you can. Buy his Amazing. catalog mm-hmm. and um, John, stay well. I hope the results are good mm-hmm. here, and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they, we should tell the audience now because if they don't know, they could. He, uh, their he's waiting on a PCR test. The same old fucking yeah. news of uh, you know yeah, the yeah, times yeah. we're living through. Uh, stay healthy, yeah. my friend. Okay, thanks a lot, Rich. Ciao, John. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much. Okay, bye. was Slithering Descent from the great composer and performer John Camille Farrar. To learn more about his work, as I said, go to johnfarrar.com and support this one-of-a-kind artist. John, thank you for sharing all that you did. Uh, it was a real honor to have you on the podcast. To learn more or listen to the back episodes, go to friendlyrich.com and follow me on, uh, on social media. I'm at friendlyrich. And we will see you again very soon on Industry Tactics. Take good care, everybody.